As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Welcome to the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. Hey gang, well, for those of you that uh, are at episode two, thank you. And for those of you that just joined, welcome. This is, of course, episode two of the Gangs of Hollywood, and I am the witch. On this episode, I've decided to look at a Marlon Brando motorcycle gang classic, 1953's The Wild One. Now, I'm not going to lie, this movie is awesome. Okay, yes, it's in black and white for those of you that aren't really great on those sort of movies. Strap in, because it's worthwhile. So, let's listen to the trailer. somebody for the militia. This is 1953's The Wild One, with a runtime of one hour and 19 minutes, so it's nice and quick. Doesn't feel like it's dragging on too long and overstays welcome. IMDb has a very simple description, and it says, Two rival motorcycle gangs terrorise a small town after one of their leaders is thrown in jail. That's pretty basic and not really what the movie's about in total, but nonetheless. Uh, IMDb rating is 6.8 out of 10, and it actually has no rating in terms of RM or anything else, given that it was made in 1953. Probably understandable, although obviously there were a few censorship issues, which I'll get into in a minute. It was directed by Laszlo Benedict. This is a director whose name I'm not really familiar with. And based on his IMDb history, I doubt we'll hear his name again on this show. But nonetheless, good job on this one. The movie stars, of course, Marlon Brando. A very young Marlon Brando. I think he was 29 when this was recorded. And he plays Johnny Strabler. Uh Obviously, he doesn't require any details in regards to who he is. Anyone that knows movies has seen, heard, or at least seen a meme about Brando. So um, you can guarantee we'll be seeing him again. Movie also stars Mary Murphy as Katie Bleeker. 
Sadly, this was the standout role for this actress. Uh, although she had a career that lasted over two decades, most of it was just bit parts and TV. A little bit of a shame. And, of course, Lee Marvin as Chino. Now, Marvin had a very long career as a Hollywood tough guy that lasted more than 40 years. And despite the fact that he plays a teen rebel in this movie, um, he would go on to do some absolutely fantastic stuff. And there's a guarantee that we will be seeing him again. As I mentioned, this was made in 1953. And probably the key element for this is the standout performance by uh, Brando as Strabler. Um, he became a cultural icon after this one. And it's considered to be the original outlaw biker film. And uh, the first to really get in there and show some, you know, biker violence and all that sort of stuff and the effect that they had during the time. Now, the the, the big bit for me is, of course, the jacket. Brando was wearing, uh, you know, a, a leather jacket that would become iconic uh, throughout film and uh, motorcycle circles. And for young men that wanted to rebel everywhere, uh, his, in particular, has his name Johnny uh, written on it, as does everybody else's in the gang. Now, the jacket itself is actually a Perfecto, which is a secondary brand of the Lancer-fronted leather motorcycle jackets designed by Irving Schott and manufactured by the American clothing company Schott from New York City. Um, this was a 618 model and uh, had some slight alterations for the movie. It was quite interesting after this movie was made. You can imagine that uh, these jackets really shot through the roof and became very, very popular with young men and young women across the world, leading to a point in time where the UK and US uh, school systems actually banned students from wearing leather jackets, fearful that the gang culture and teen rebel underlying stereotypes would become a problem. Um, interesting enough, the movie itself was actually banned in the UK by the British Board of Film Censors for 14 years. Um, there were a number of filmings and then, uh, later in 1967, it was released under an X certificate, uh, which is really bizarre when you think about it because there's no real blood. There's no gore. I mean, this is 1953. This is tame by modern standards, but to have it banned for 14 years is uh, quite amazing. <laughs> now it's a good chance to play a promo for a Another great podcast that I would gladly have at my back in any fight. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. It's probably about time we started to actually get into the beats of the movie, so let's kick it off. 
Um, straight away, we've got an opening narration, which I absolutely love. So I'm going to play a clip from that right now. It begins here for me on this road. How the whole mess happened, I don't know. But I know it couldn't happen again in a million years. Maybe I could have stopped it early. But once the trouble was on its way, I was just going with it. Mostly, I remember the girl. I, I can't explain it. Sad chick like that. But something changed in me. She got to me. Well, that's later anyway. This is where it begins for me. Right on this road. As we've learned from the introduction, this is all about a motorcycle gang and the events that happened to them. The Black Rebels Motorcycle Club, or BRMC, uh, is a gang led by Johnny Strabler, and they ride into Carbonville, California, uh, during a motorcycle race, which is quite haphazard. There's people walking across the track. There's no barriers. It's all very safety last motorcycles first, which is kind of cool. Um, they go through, they cause a bit of trouble. Obviously, you know, the, the, the straights that are there and the townspeople are not very, uh, happy about having Johnny and his, his gang there. Um, while they're looking at the uh, prizes for the race, a member of the gang called Pigeon is played by Alvy Moore. Um, some of you may remember Alvy Moore as uh, being a staple on Green Acres during the late 60s and early 70s and uh, was obviously popular in American TV for quite a period of time. He steals the second place trophy because apparently first place was two feet high and too large to hide in his jacket. He presents it to Johnny and uh, the gang are all very impressed by that. Unfortunately, the police turn up on motorcycles themselves, which I thought was a bit ironic, and order them to leave town before they cause any more trouble. So the bikers head out and they go to Wrightsville, which uh, basically only has one copper. Uh, and he is a older gentleman and he's Chief Harry Bleeker. He is there to maintain order, but it's quite clear that Harry just wants a quiet life and doesn't want any trouble. Uh, the residents in the town are suitably uneasy, and but most of them are willing to just sort of ignore the antics of the gang and just let it slide by. Unfortunately, uh, during a drag race uh, for beers across the street, which, yeah, it's a drag that probably less than uh, 50 metres, uh, there is an accident and one of the gang members is hit by uh, an elderly member of the community in his car and uh, he obviously injures himself and the older gentleman demands that something be done. Harry is, of course, suitably reluctant. There are 30 or 40 gang members there and just one policeman. Um, and he just decides to just let it all go. Wait, you going to arrest anybody? Take it easy, Art. Take it easy. I'm not excited. I'm just telling you what happened. I tried to miss them and then he hit me. My car's a wreck and somebody's got to pay for the damages. And I mean it. Okay. You the big cop in the town? Well, next time you tell him to look where he's going because he don't know how to drive. I mean, he ought to turn one way or the other, you know what I mean? There was guys all over the street trying to miss him. Now, just a minute. And he's all right, but he's got one of my boys all busted up. Now, look here, Harry. Oh, Are you going it. to... Oh, forget it. Some cop, huh? See Johnny back him down? Yeah. What a screwball town. Obviously, with this accident and their member being injured, the gang have to stay in town a little bit longer 
and um, they decide to basically hang out in the local cafe and bar, which I thought was great. Like one side is you know a cafe, and you just walk through a door at the end, and straight away you're into the bar. And uh, so the the gang pretty much are in there. They're drinking, they're dancing, they're having a great time. Not really causing a lot of trouble, just being you know loud and having having fun. So I'm not really sure what the issue is. Obviously, as the the day goes on and the evening goes on, they get more drunk and they get a little bit more boisterous. Um, now, it turns out that the bar is actually run by Harry's brother, Frank. And uh, in the bar, and obviously the more the cafe, uh, the the person running the cafe is Kathy, who is, of course, the daughter of Harry. It's a small town. So, you know, everyone knows everybody and everybody's related. The barman in the bar is an elderly gentleman called Jimmy. Uh, and the gang give Jimmy a bit of, bit of stick, but he gets along. He does all right. In the cafe, Johnny meets Kathy and, uh, asks her about a dance that's being held that night. Now, Kathy, obviously being an, you know, being a nice girl and having to work, says, uh, she politely turns him down, but Johnny, uh, Johnny's dark brooding personality visibly intrigues her. We get a couple of local girls who, uh, actually come into the bar and uh, one of them is Mildred. So they start dancing and drinking with the gang and having a great old time. We then get one of the historic lines from this movie when Mildred talks to Johnny. Hey, Johnny, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? Now, it's pretty clear that Johnny is attracted to Kathy and decides to stay a while while the gang go out in the street and cause more trouble. However, when Johnny learns that Kathy is, in fact, the policeman's daughter, he changes his mind and decides it's time for the gang to leave. Unfortunately, as they're about to leave, another gang turns up. And they are raucous and loud and clearly drunk. But nonetheless, this gang is called the Beatles, which are... (laughs) I mean, that's not the toughest name I've ever heard, but nonetheless. And their leader, Chino, as I mentioned, played by Lee Marvin, straight away basically invites Johnny to fight and uh, and get it on because clearly there's something going on between the two of them. But uh, we only find out later that it actually was that once upon a time, the two gangs were one and uh, Johnny decided that he'd had enough and he split them up and took his people with him. In an attempt to obviously provoke Johnny, Chino steals his trophy and the two start fighting. Of course, Johnny wins because, well, A, Chino's very drunk and Johnny's the hero of the story, allegedly. Meanwhile, local Charlie Thomas stubbornly tries to drive through the gang of uh, motorcyclists and and people that are covering the entirety of Main Street. Unfortunately, that means that he actually injures a member of Chino's gang called Meatball. He doesn't really sort of do too much damage. He pushes his bike over and, you know, Meatball gets a bit scraped up. But that's about it. This, of course, puts Chino absolutely over the edge. And he decides that uh, they need to overturn Charlie's car. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Those things are heavy. But there's like four guys just rocking it, just trying to get it over on its roof. Harry, the city's uh, policeman, finally decides to intervene and uh, is about to arrest Chino and Charlie when the other townspeople remind Harry that Charlie may cause problems for him in the future, only arrest Chino and takes him to the station. As you can imagine, this causes problems for the gang. No one's happy. Um, later that night, we, uh, we see that everyone from the two gangs is now just 
dancing, fighting, drinking, really making an absolute nuisance to themselves and just filling up the town. But, you know, really, they haven't done anything, I would suggest, too terrible at this stage. You know, they're, they're being raucous and obviously scaring the locals, but what are you going to do? We start to get to the point where things start to get a little bit angry and obviously a little bit menacing when members of the Beatles uh, harass Dorothy, the local telephone switchboard operator. For those of you at home don't know what that is, um, you're going to have to Google it. I can't really explain it, but it was once upon a time when there were landlines, someone was actually required to unplug one line and plug it into another socket in order to connect you to another person. Absolutely wacky stuff. This, of course, basically means that the town is completely completely cut off and there's no communication. While this is happening, members of the BRMC abduct Charlie, obviously to pay him back for what he did to Meatball and throw him in a jail cell with Chino. They try and rescue Chino and get him out of jail, but it turns out that Chino is just too drunk. And <laughs> rightly so, they just leave him there. As Johnny wanders the town aimlessly, I mean, it's quite clear that Johnny really isn't into it. He's, you know, he's, he's not into the fighting. He's not into the dancing. He really just wants to be a loner and, you know, hang out. So he's wandering around and he meets, uh, an old flame who is in a very tight sweater, whose name is Britches. Johnny, remember the night? The first time I went out scrambling with the rebels. Remember? That was the first time I ever saw you. I haven't seen you since. We really got ourselves hung on the Christmas tree, didn't we? Boy, was I green. Was I really green. I thought I was really living it. I had me a guy and we were really gonna go. But we had a lot of yaks anyway, didn't we, Johnny? Well, say it. Can't you say something? I won't get on your back. I wouldn't do that. But we had a lot of yaks anyway, didn't we? What do you want me to do? Send you some flowers? We see more scenes of the gang wrecking the town and intimidating the local inhabitants. Um, some of the local bikers, led by a gringo, chase Kathy into an alleyway and intimidate her by riding around her and jumping at her. Johnny sees her, rescues her, and they ride off into the countryside, Kathy suitably clinging to Johnny's back. Frightened at first, Kathy comes to see that Johnny is genuinely attracted to her and means her no harm. When she opens up to him and asks to go with him, sadly, he rejects her. scared me, but I forgot everything. Felt good. Is that what you do? I'm gonna leave. That's what you want me to do, isn't it? The crying Kathy runs away. Johnny drives off to search for her. And we cut to seeing the elderly gentleman from early in the movie, Art, seeing this uh, play out and obviously misinterprets it as an attack. The town people have had enough. And Johnny's supposed assault on Kathy is the last straw. Vigilantes led by Charlie chase and catch Johnny and beat him mercilessly. Fortunately for Johnny, he escapes on his motorcycle and Harry confronts the mob. The mob give chase as Johnny is riding up the street trying to get away. He's hit 
by a tire iron and falls. His riderless bike strikes and kills Jimmy, the old barman. It's very, very sad. We then cut to Sheriff Stu Stinger arriving with his deputies to restore order. Harry, how did all this get started anyway? Sheriff, we had this man. We had this whole thing stop when he stuck his nose in. And... A little more to it. All right, all right. We'll find out what happened. Round up everybody on a motorcycle. Pick up all the witnesses you can find. Old man is dead. Dishwasher down the street. That makes it a manslaughter charge, doesn't it, Sheriff? We'll see. We'll see. Let's pick up everything and sort it out inside. Now, Johnny is initially arrested for Jimmy's death with Kathy pleading on his behalf. Tears saying, Johnny didn't do it and I love him. Seeing this, Art and Frank, who actually saw what happened with the tire iron and Johnny falling off, finally step forward to testify that Johnny is not responsible for the tragedy. Johnny, in his usual fashion, is unwilling and potentially unable to actually thank them for it, though. I don't get you. I don't get your act at all, and I don't think you do either. I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. I think you're stupid, real stupid and real lucky. Last night, you scraped by, just barely, but a man's dead on account of something you let get started even though you didn't start it. I don't know if there's any good in you. I don't know if there's anything in you. But I'm going to take a big, fat chance and let you go. There'll be a hearing on this tire iron business. You'll get a summons. And you'd better show up. Put him on the road. Eventually, the motorcycles are ordered to leave the county and pay for all the damages that they've had. They're all issued with summonses, which you can guarantee none of them will actually turn up to. As we see the gang ride out of town, we think the movie's over. But no. We hear the sound of a motorcycle and Johnny returns alone to Wrightsville as he revisits the cafe with Kathy and Harry sitting quietly trying to have a cup of coffee. He confronts them. Now, Johnny is obviously suitably humiliated and acts as if he's actually just turning up just to get a cup of coffee. Just as he's about to walk out the door, he returns, genuinely smiles and gives Kathy his stolen trophy as a gift. The music swells and Johnny rides out of town. This is a really funny movie. Um, you know, there's violence, there, there's tension, there's intimidation, there's motorcycles, so many motorcycles. This is awesome. But it's interesting to see the, the fifties view on the motorcycle gang and, uh, they're more supposedly young kids. Uh, out for some fun and not really getting what's going on. Some of the language in it is absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the old folks not getting what the kids are saying. Favorite scene from this movie, um, actually has to be the scene, uh, outside the hairdressers late in the movie where they begin to absolutely just wreck the joint. Like they're pulling hair, they're pulling hair dryers off the wall and sticking it on their heads. And it's interesting because the two hairdressers that are there, um, you know, we're hanging out with the gang, having a great old time. And all of a sudden they realize just how much trouble they're in. And, uh, it's, it's quite great to see. In terms of leader of the pack, I'm going to go a little bit left to center on this one and say the jacket. Johnny's jacket, as I said, which is iconically called the Brando jacket, uh, has become a staple for since this happened. Um, I myself actually own one. I've had one since I was 18. And, uh, it's, it's one of those things. Every, every cool motorcycle guy that ever was ever in a movie or on TV 
had one of these jackets. Personal rating, this is a 5 out of 5. I could watch this any day of the week. It is absolutely awesome. Coming up on our next episode in two weeks' time, I'll be joined by our very first guest to discuss our first 80s horror entry, 1982's The Class of 1984. Remember, be a good fella and leave a rating or review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show and make sure you share it with the rest of your gang on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as GOHpod and at www.gohpod.com. Most of all, make sure you say hello to your little friend for me. What do you want me to do, send you some flowers?